Hey everyone, it's Dr. Kellyanne, and I'm super excited for this episode of Digging In, where I take on a topic that I've been so curious about for so long. One of my favorite experts out there, Dr. Tony Yoon, about Botox. Botox, is it any good? Should we be worried about getting Botox? Where does the Botox go once it's injected into your body? Is there an age where we should stop or an age where we should start? Are there any contraindications or what do we need to know exactly about Botox? Well, today I decided to dig in. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And, you know, little did I know that one day after meeting you so many years ago, you know, Dr. Yoon and I go way back, meeting you so many years ago that you and I would be sitting here talking about Botox of all things. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's start, Dr. Yoon, by talking about Botox in and of itself, because people probably, a lot of people don't, aren't even aware of this. It's a toxin. So Botox, right, is actually from the, the bacteria that makes botulism, which can be a deadly form of food poisoning. So talk a little bit about you know, how dangerous is this, what kind of toxin, all of that. Yeah, so you're co completely correct. Botulinum toxin is one of the most powerful toxins in the world, and it functions by basically paralyzing muscles, by, by basically preventing your nerves from interacting with the muscles. And so when you develop issues with botulinum toxin um, complications and things like that, it's because you can cause muscles to not work that should be working. So it was initially used therapeutically uh, by ophthalmologists. When people have spasms, spasms in their eye muscles, if you injected the tiniest amount of Botox into those eye muscles, it would help to treat the spasms. And a lot of other muscle, muscular spastic disorders Botox was used for. But what they noticed when they were injecting that, and especially, let's say, injecting in the eyelid, when the eyelid would spasm, they noticed that the wrinkles, that it would spread a little bit and the wrinkles would soften up. And so there's a dermatologist, Dr. Carruthers, who said, well, why don't we test this in the tiniest amounts on facial muscles that create wrinkles? And lo and behold, it worked. So if you inject the <laughs> tiniest amount of Botox, and literally, you know, I buy a vial of Botox, it's about this big. And it has a tiny little speck of dust at the bottom of it. And it cost me over $600. We mix it up with salt water, with sterile salt water, and we inject it. So when you inject the tiniest amount of this botulinum toxin, you can weaken muscles temporarily for about three to four months. And, and what that can do is it can then soften those wrinkles. Typically in the glabella, we call it the 11 sign, in the crow's feet, as well as in the forehead. Mm. And you know, what's interesting is that Dr. Carruthers, when she brought this out with her husband, everyone told her she was crazy, that it wasn't going to go anywhere. And, you know, it just goes to show you. And so am I right? This all started way back in the 1960s, right? And then finally, by the 1990s, this was brought to market. How did this mm -hmm. explode and get so big? It's addictive. And it, it's so easy to get done. I mean, I tell you, Kellyanne, you know, when the pandemic hit and my practice closed, I found myself a month after my practice was still closed in my office and I opened up my, the refrigerator holding our medications. And I saw this old vial of Botox and it was like a month old. It's supposed to last only a few days and you should toss it. And I thought, huh, I'm here by myself. All my employees are at home. 
I've got a, a vial of Botox that's going to go old. Remember I told you, it's $600 for a freaking vial of Botox. So I thought, why not? And so I loaded oh, it into a syringe and yeah. I injected it into my forehead. And I tell you, I'm needle phobic. Like, you know, I do surgery and stuff. But when I get like a shot, I don't want to see it go into me. And I was able to inject it into my own face and I did fine with it. So, you know, it's a combination of two things. It's so easy to get done because it's not that painful at all. I mean, heck, I injected my own face with it with no anesthetic. Uh, and it really does work. It does take anywhere from three days to a week to work. But for those people who have kind of persistent frown lines here, for those people who get these crow's feet, it really can can smooth those areas out very quickly. I mean, it's it's pretty dramatic. And I think because of that, it's addictive. It's not addictive like smoking is addictive or alcohol where you get withdrawals if you don't do it. It's just you get you see those wrinkles come back and you're like, ooh, this really does work and it's pretty easy. Let me do it. There are concerns with Botox, you know, and, um, you know, the dermatologic, the plastic surgery community isn't so open to this as you and your community might be. Um, I do think that there is a very small percentage of people who don't do well with Botox. Um, there are rat studies that do show if Botox is injected into the face of a rat, you can actually find tiny amounts in their spinal cord fluid. So that is definitely concerning. We have never seen any type of an issue like that before. But if you go online, there are people who uh, do feel that they have had permanent neurologic issues after undergoing injections of Botox. But I tell you, Kellyanne, I had a good friend of mine who's um, a, uh, a holistic type practitioner, a doctor uh, who had Botox, and she was having some major neurologic issues afterwards. And she said, hey, can you help me? Can you find out if there's anything, anything, you know, any science to support this? And I talked to dermatologists. I did lit reviews. And there just isn't anything. That being said, I think like anything, any of these types of treatments that we do, there's always a chance that something might happen to you as a just a rare, rare phenomenon. Yeah. And you just you just don't know. I mean, that's the thing. There, there's always a small amount of risk factor whenever you put anything in your body that doesn't belong there. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Just. And so what do you think about this whole idea of having Botox at a really young age as a preventative? Yeah, so the, the beauty magazines are calling it prejuvenation. And oh. the idea that you can <laughs> prevent, instead of rejuvenation, it's prejuvenation. You can prevent wrinkles. I'm not a fan of it, and I'll explain why. Um, you know, once again, if you get Botox, I mean, unless it's one of these crazy type of rare reactions that we just don't quite understand if it's even can happen, um, the worst in general that can happen, as long as it's not black market and stuff like that, is you can get a droopy eyelid, okay? And a droopy eyelid stinks. You know, you don't want to walk around like this, but it's not going to no. stay forever. A couple months later, it goes back to normal, and there you go. Um, the reason why I don't recommend Botox as prejuvenation in general is I see patients who've had Botox for 10 years, for 15 years, and some of them appear to get resistance, possibly antibodies to it, meaning that you need a larger dose of Botox to work. Maybe it doesn't last quite as long, or maybe we have to go to a Botox alternative, one of the other companies that makes a different type of botulinum toxin. So if you're in your 20s and you don't have any wrinkles and you're injecting your face full of Botox, are you potentially setting a stage that when you're my age or Kellyanne's age, and you really do want the Botox, it doesn't work anymore for you. That's a possibility. Now, maybe we'll have something better than Botox by then, but that's the main reason why I think it's it's a waste of money. It is a medical procedure. You know, why are you doing that when you might be setting yourself up in the future 
when you really need it for not being able to get it. Do you have any crazy Botox stories? Do you have any stories of like, you know, just it went wild or rogue or like any any crazy stories? So the good thing with Botox is it's it is it's a tiny needle. It's you know, it it works so well. The risks are so low. I think that the worst thing that I've seen happen, you know, I had a, a woman come to see me once and she was really, really uptight. She was an older woman in her probably early 60s, late 50s. And she was professional. She came in wearing her suit and she was real uptight. And she said, I need Botox. I've got I've got this, you know, big meeting tomorrow that I need to look good. And, and, and I can't be bruised. Whatever you do, you cannot bruise me. You know, and I know you can do it because I know you're the best. And I, whenever they say that, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> You want to um, run for the hills. You want to run there are for things the hills. that are outside of your control. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, are you sure you want to do it? You've got this big adventure. No, no, no. I need to do it. I got to get rid of these lines. I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, and so, you know, I do everything. You know, I, I put some ice over the area uh, to hopefully shrink down the blood vessels that might be there. And I carefully inject it with the tiniest needle. I, I do the first injection. I pull it out. And blood starts squirting out of her forehead. Oh, my God. Literally squirting. And onto her shirt, it was so... I'd never seen that before. I hurriedly uh, put a gauze pad over it and pressed down on it. And, of course, she got this big bruise. And it was just like, of all the things, there isn't even a blood vessel technically in that area. But she had, must have had abnormal anatomy. I hit this artery and it literally just shot right out of that tiny hole made by that Oh my needle. God. Well, you know, they say that you can bring things on, like all that fear, you got to wonder, right? You got, I mean, well, I think that is true. I do tell patients who are so uptight and they're just like clamped down, you know, their blood pressure is higher. That's what I mean. And that's going to increase that. Yeah. And shockingly, Kellyanne, she never came back to see me after that. I've never treated her well, again Well, maybe she's that. watching you now on TikTok, so don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about all those Botox parties that they have at gyms and like all those places? I mean, I, I guess, like, how important is the practitioner in, in all of this? I mean, is it okay just to have anybody? So it, it is definitely important. I don't, you know, Botox parties, I think the first thing is it is a medical treatment. And so, I, you know, you shouldn't be under the influence of alcohol or any other types of um, drugs if you're signing up for a medical treatment. And any doctor who is injecting somebody and, and having them sign consent forms when they're inebriated, it, you know, that's a problem. Um, on the flip side of it, you know, it, once again, there's such a low risk of a real problem from it. Um, you know, I have nurses that inject Botox in my office and they do a fantastic job, but it's obviously a clean medical setting. You know, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm also not going to say that, oh my gosh, you're going to die from a Botox party. You know, unless it's once again, black market Botox, you know, or you've got somebody injecting crazy stuff, not Botox, then most likely it probably would be okay. You just may not get the best result. How about, Dr. Yoon, all these crazy things that they're using Botox for? I mean, uh, sweat. And I just read that there was a study that was done on depression and that they found people that use Botox were less depressed. Can you address that? Yeah, it's very interesting. And we don't know really the mechanism why. Um, And just like you're saying, there are studies that show that if you inject Botox uh, into the face, and it's just cosmetic Botox, that, that the people have a lower rate of depression. Now, one thought of it is, is, you know, there are people who will say, and I totally believe it, if you're feeling down, then force yourself to smile. Because if you force yourself to smile, it must release endorphins or something like that to cause your, your, your mood to lift. So the thought with Botox, is it possible because when you inject Botox, you can't make those frowning 
faces as much anymore that it may help your mood? Possibly. And, and I think that that's one of the main going hypotheses of why it seems to work. Now, I don't know of anybody who's depressed and, and a psychiatrist is writing a, a prescription for Botox for, to treat their depression. Um, but who knows in the future? <laughs> that's something that we're going to see. Now, one thing that I know that a lot of people are pretty jazzed about is migraine headaches and Botox being used for migraines. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's actually something that has been studied quite a bit by neurologists. And, uh, and it's something where you've got migraines and it's, it's tough to say if it's kind of the classic migraine with the aura and the nausea and stuff like that, that may or may not be as affected. Uh, but definitely, uh, chronic tension headaches, all of that could potentially be improved with Botox. The good thing too with that is typically insurance will often pay for it. Um, uh, but they usually don't pay plastic surgeons to do it. It usually would be neurologists. Uh, and so if you've got an issue with migraines, you want to get off the medications and stuff like that, then it wouldn't be a bad idea to talk with your neurologist about Botox. Uh, and hey, you know what? If they have any left over, you can always tell them to put a little bit up here. Too. Yeah, why not? Why not? You know, it's interesting how many different kinds of physicians now are using Botox. It's, it's, it's crazy. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, I love collagen. I love bone broth. You know that. I love all of that for foundational beauty. And my question is, do you think that there are treatments or are there things that we can do if we don't want to get Botox that are going to be, and here's the hitch, that are going to be as good as Botox? Unfortunately, no. Okay. Um, you know, Botox, I think that's why it's so incredibly popular. And, you know, and you and I, we know healthcare practitioners, we know holistic health practitioners, oh, yeah. alternative health practitioners who are using Botox. Oh, yeah. Not all of them, but a lot of them are. Um and, and unfortunately, nothing just really works the same. You know, we have all this other technology too available to us from lasers to radio frequency to microneedling, PRP and all this stuff. And still nothing really works the same as Botox. That being said, there are things you can do, a lot of things you can do to keep your skin looking young and looking healthy, you know, from collagen, you know, drinking bone broth is great for your microbiome as you tell everybody, and it can really help potentially with your skin. Good skincare products, I think, so, so important, but they don't quite do the same as Botox. Uh, that being said, too, part of it, I think, is also training your face. And I see patients all the time who've got just deep, deep lines in their face. And you can tell because they're so, so expressive. They're always lifting up their eyebrows. They're always squinting. They're always making these faces. That actually will, after several decades cause those lines to become more etched in your face. And so, you know, what Botox does is it causes you, it forces you not to make those expressions. And you can technically do that yourself by trying to limit how much of those kind of extreme facial expressions that you make. That can be a bit of a natural Botox in and of itself. Mm, well, I'm going to have a problem then because you know how expressive I am. I better get on that you now. Are. <laughs> So those face <laughs> muscles and stuff, those face exercises, are any value to that? No, it's actually the opposite. There, there are patches that people are using, like silicone patches. There's one called frownies that you can buy, mm -hmm. where it's the opposite. Instead of making those faces, which, you know, well, if anything, it will make those wrinkles deeper. It's going to be more applying splints like silicone uh, patches and things like that to prevent that skin from wrinkling. So some people will wear patches on their face at night to help splint their skin and to kind of help train their muscles not to be creating these lines. You know, I don't know of any studies that have been done to truly support that it, that it helps. It, it probably doesn't hurt though. 
So healing your microbiome is a really great, you know, adjunct. And there's a lot of other things that you can do to just relax those face muscles. And I think actually, like you said, it sounds crazy, but just being a happy person, being a happy person, uh, it makes all the difference in your overall aesthetics, your overall appearance. And I know for you, you have translated all of this. And I have to talk about this because I know everyone's going to want, want to know. You translated all this over into the social platforms. And I love sitting here talking with you about Botox, but you talk about so many different things on these social platforms. And I want to hit on that a little bit. What, what really was the inspiration for you to give me? Cause you're, you're working hard. You're, you know, you have a family, a lovely family whom I know, and they're, they're just absolutely lovely. And you have this practice, you've got a booming practice. And you spent a lot of time doing this in, in addition to product sales and everything else. So you really have to love this, Tony, to do it as much as you do. What is your driving force with all this? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when my practice shut down last March, um, it was very abrupt. It was literally a three hours. You know, at one point I thought everything was going to be all right. And then three hours later, the office was closed for two and a half months. And I told all my employees, I'm going to keep you on payroll. I'm going to pay you somehow. And I had to figure out a way to, to get some money coming in. On top of that, um, I did, I mean, with the fear uh, that everybody had last March, um, you know, and, and being somebody who had a pretty good size following at that time, I thought, you know, maybe this is a way for me to reach out and help those people who are afraid, you know, who are lonely, you know, people who are single, who are stuck in their apartment by themselves. Yeah. And so I spent those two and a half months doing the one thing I could think to do. I started creating content. I started, um, you know, really letting my personality out there and and trying to create content that could inspire people, that could help um, maybe help them feel better, even take them just to, you know, give them a chuckle and take them 10 seconds to, you know, 10 minutes away from the fears and the scariness of daily life then. And it really just connected and everything exploded at that point, you know, and I went from having, you know, a couple hundred thousand followers on all my accounts to having millions. Um, and I think it's because people saw me as somebody that they could spend a little time with. And I think they trusted me because I didn't, you know, I wasn't there to, to try to sell them anything. It was just there to try to connect with people. And I have to tell you, I have loved this conversation. I could talk to you forever and ever. Uh, I want to, I want you to tell everyone, Dr. Yoon, if they don't know, where can they get more of you? Well, I'm, you can find me on all the different social channels from YouTube to Instagram to TikTok. Um, I also have a podcast called The Holistic Plastic Surgery Show. And my second guest ever on my podcast was a Dr. Kellyanne Petrucci. So, um, yeah, so we, I interview all sorts of holistic health experts, dermatologists, plastic surgeons, and, uh, and I'm real proud of it. And I've got to have you back on sometime. You've been on a couple of times already, but I got to get you on. I'm, third I'm time. ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I want to talk about digging in. So I'm ready. It's a real pleasure for everyone. Again, this is Dr. Tony Yoon. You'll find him everywhere. And, uh, it's been a real pleasure. Mwah! Thank you a, so much. Kiss. Can't wait to see you in person. Same here. Thanks. Okay, guys, do I dig or do I ditch Botox? I definitely dig it because after talking to Tony Yoon, I've learned so much and see why this is certainly better than a lot of the elective surgeries or other choices out there. Now, Botox is definitely a toxin and I'm never crazy about any toxins in my body, but if you have to do something, I dig it. I am absolutely shocked at how much I didn't know about Botox. 
and I thought I knew so much. So until next time on the next episode of Dig It In, see you then. Hey there, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dig It In with Dr. Kellyanne, and I hope you enjoyed it and grabbed some good info along the way. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a review. Until next time.